Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I'm Tom Cliff, creator of the world-famous online stand-up bingo, which started out its life at Northampton Town Football Club. Join me every Saturday at 2.15pm on the Cafe Track Facebook page for your chance to be crowned stand-up bingo champion of the world. Every ticket purchase goes towards keeping Cafe Track and Track NN, a social enterprise dedicated to helping people to access work experience and hopefully employment. Buy your ticket now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Make sure you leave your chosen 15 numbers between 1 and 90 in the comment section and then play along live on the Saturday afternoons before the Cobblers game. So go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track now and get your ticket for the world famous stand up bingo. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. First of all, I wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you for listening to our Fans Forum episode last week, where we put season ticket holders' questions to Kelvin Thomas, James Whiting and Keith Curl. It was great to chat to the club on your behalf and at the same time help the club to communicate with the fans during what has been an abnormal year shall we say if you've not had a chance to listen to our full unedited chat yet you still can via our website cobblers or of course just go back one episode in the podcast feed so today we are going to be discussing what we learned from the fans forum and showing our opinions and sharing our opinions on what was said. Um, Chesie is away this week, being a hero in her day job as a teacher this week. So it's just me, Charles, and Danny, and Neil. Hey, guys, have you enjoyed the weekend off watching the FA Cup? It's been, yeah, it's nice for us not to have a game, I think, sometimes. It's nice to have a bit of a breather. The FA Cup has been all right, but... It's probably the big the competition that misses the fans the most, isn't it? Absolutely. So you look at teams Although, like Marine today, and um, yeah, a couple of the other teams who were causing upside. Blackpool, um, 
no, to Crawley. Yeah, sorry, Leeds United fan, Mike Fuller. Uh, Crawley <laughs> did a number on Leeds, yeah. I mean, imagine the fans, well, Crawley fans don't make that much noise anyway, do they? But um, yeah, imagine the fans in, in them moments. It just takes a lot away from it. But yeah, so it's been pretty, pretty chilled, pretty chilled weekend. I will say, I think we give a shout out to the uh, hardcore Marine fans that, yeah. that did attend the game in their back gardens. I mean, That's what the FA Cup's all about, uh, isn't it? Is that hardcore? Is that just coincidence? Maybe they're just popping out the garden for a, for a drink. And, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> With an air. Oh, look, oh, that's Carapayo. What's he doing? Young Min's son there running past my garden. <laughs> did you see the Did you see the guy with the cardboard cutout of Jurgen Klopp? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they even said that he'd moved gardens <laughs> in the second half. So he, at one point he was down close to the uh, the at the end that well basically he swapped ends the same as what Marine and, and Spurs did. So he went to the end where you would think he'd go where all the action was going to be, but instead he went to the end where Marine were attacking and basically saw hardly any of the match. Yeah, that's what you do in non-league rounds. You go, you can go all the way around, can't you? And just. I mean, they, people used to do it in the 70s at league matches. Um, I mean, there was a bit of more of a kerfuffle about it back then, but <laughs> tradition, isn't it? Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Always nice to start the pod with a kerfuffle like that. <laughs> well, look, um, I, I want to start the pod off this week. We are going to be looking back at the fans forum and giving our reaction to it. Danny, I must start by checking in with you because I'm a little bit worried. Have you recovered after receiving this death stare from Keith Curl? Uh, not really, no. I'm still in a bit of shock. He has um, definitely seen your blog. <laughs> it, was, um, it was the question about his playing style, wasn't it? And I kept, I think I kept reiterating in the question, not my words, Keith, not my words. Yeah, you um, did. At least, at least the panic. The panic yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's not me. It's someone else. It's like a kid in the playground who just drops everything and blames his mate. Yeah. <laughs> it but, was on the way because uh, obviously what we were doing was we were, it was recorded on Zoom. Um, and, and what I was doing, we were all doing to communicate with each other to sort of know who was going to ask the next question or who I was going to throw to next. We were using our WhatsApp group. So I'd sent a message to Danny saying, right, Danny, you're up next. Uh, you take this question about playing style for Keith, please. Yeah, yeah. Danny's just like that going, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. in the WhatsApp group. But then, of course, by the time I throw to him, Danny's a trembling wreck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know what the question was until you told me. I was looking for the name of the person that you sent it to, and then I scrolled down. And by that point, you dropped me right in it, and I was just, <laughs> just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, Charles did stitch us up a little bit, didn't he? Maybe he did, yeah, he was... bloody chocolate bar to Keith. Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I thought uh, if I'm going to make anybody look stupid, it's not going to be me. Yeah, yeah. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say that, that I think um, big thanks for them all for taking two hours out because we were expecting an hour, weren't we? Um, we were at the start, and they've, yeah. they've stayed there for two hours. And a lot of them have got families they've been dealing with in the week, homeschooling, no doubt, um, dealing with COVID themselves and their own family. So, such a great thing for them to all spend two hours with us, which they really didn't need to do. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think, in fairness, you look at it and you go, if it was a normal fans forum like me and Neil have hosted before in person, and very well, the, and very well, yes, you, you, were you say that, but yeah. there's not been one since. <laughs> there's just been one just remotely yeah you, I, I don't know what you're talking about Danny we did one last week uh, um, but um, y- you know even then um, they're not quite two hours long are they they usually try and wrap it up as not I'm not I'm not suggesting that the club don't want to do it and don't want to be there but you know it's usually a case of if it is going on a bit then they try and wrap it up as as quickly as they can whereas I think with us, we were, and, and I will give a bit of credit to all, all four of us, Chesley's not here, of course, but all four of us for not just necessarily accepting the initial answer that they gave on every question. You know, I think the fact we, we did follow it. Danny, you followed up um, with the playing style question. I know I then followed up with the third time, which which is maybe what really riled Keith. Um, <laughs> Kelvin stepped in, didn't he, actually, thinking about it. But um, yeah, I... It was that thing of like, we didn't just accept it. And I think we should take some credit for that. Or you guys should take some credit for that. Um, I think you should some, some throw some credit 
to the to the club as well because they didn't actually vet any of those questions, did they? They, I know you gave them a heads up on the sort of themes, which is mm-hmm. which is fair enough. But there was no, that was literally just an overview. Well, you know, there's some stuff about the East End, there's some stuff about um, on the field, there's some stuff about season ticket holders, but there was no. This is what the exact question is. They didn't really have any idea what was coming their way, did they? And they didn't, and they they did make it clear beforehand didn't they look nothing's off the table like uh, whatever the questions are we'll answer them best we can so i think yeah fair play to them they don't like danny said they didn't have to do that and 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 you know also fair play to them i mean they they, kelvin thomas turned up a bit earlier than expected didn't he and caught us all with our playing around (laughs) with our filters on zoom (laughs) yes i'd forgotten about that you you had a mustache and an eye patch at one point and kelvin wondered where it had gone yeah wasn't my finest moment (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but even even afterwards you know they they stayed for a bit of a debrief as well which they didn't need to do did they they, they could have just been like right cheers guys see ya and and off they went but yeah absolutely and and to be fair and i will say that that's the first time i think i've had uh, a proper conversation with james whiting we've met each other in, in in the past and obviously he was there at the last fans forum that we hosted neil but i think that that was the that was the first time really where I don't know. I felt like I was maybe a little bit more involved in the conversation, or you know, having a conversation that went both ways, kind of thing. He, I, um, well, I tell you, he scares me. <laughs> <laughs> you were worried he'd put a hit out on you, weren't you? Afterwards, I was. I was concerned. <laughs> but no, I think, I think, I think if, if you think about it, um, with take Kelvin out of the picture for the moment because he's he's the boss, he's the owner, and and actually out of the four of them that were on that zoom call um he's the one that oh no well apart from keith obviously um he's the one that's been there the shortest amount of time you know james and gareth both have worked for the club for a number of years longer than than kelvin has been involved um and i think therefore that they they do have just as you do neil with with the business you work for um you know they've got everything is a little bit of an, a vested interest for them. They're, they take pride in their work and pride in the football club, rightly so, um, I think. And um, sometimes it can be difficult to be asked questions that that maybe, I don't, I don't know whether, whether they're tough or not, but, you know, that maybe you don't necessarily want to answer or you don't have an answer for, or you know the answer you've got isn't going to be something that is going to make somebody happy. So, like you say, kudos to them for for all turning up and, and for all offering to do it in the first place. Um, and um, it was it was fun, as, as much as we all got laser beamed to death by Keith Curls there. Well, there also was a, a moment where we weren't sure whether Keith Curl had fallen asleep or not, were we? <laughs> you were messaging, saying, I think we should wrap it up now. Keith looks a little bit well, I think asleep. It, I think it was when Kelvin was... was give him one of his answers, which he likes to chat, doesn't he? Bless him. And it, it rattled on for a little bit, I think. And I just had a glance at Keith. It genuinely looked like he'd fallen asleep. I don't think he had, obviously. He was perhaps looking down at his phone or something. But um, I was genuinely concerned for a minute. And then I think then that's when Danny piped up and asked about the playing style. So probably that's why it didn't go down so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first play to Keith, he didn't have to answer that like as much as he did. I'm, I'm quite glad he got the chance to answer it. Sorry. Um, because... He knows it's probably going on in the background. He knows what's going on, but by the same token, he's not going to change it. And he does it for a reason. There's a there's a reason behind it. He's not going to be one to to suddenly think, let's tear it all up and start again. He's got reasons for everything he does. Um, and I'm actually glad that he's got the chance to defend it because it doesn't probably get asked to him directly too much by the by um, the rest of the media and stuff. Because they're you know they're asking about the match, they're asking about specific details of it. So I'm actually quite glad that you got the chance to do that and, and put it out. I just there. think it was uh, it was interesting because we asked. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't remember who it was. Somebody had sent in a question. Oh, I think it was uh, Chris Marriott actually had sent in the question asking whether Kelvin Thomas would pay to watch Cobblers, and mm. he answered the question, but he didn't answer the question. It's a Kelvin speciality. It, it was a, it? Was a politician. It was a politician's answer. He answered the question and said, well, people do pay to watch, but he never actually physically answered, I don't think, whether he would pay to watch. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. I think he, I think he actually did. did I he? think he did yeah, say that he, he did would. Yes, would yeah. because... Oh, well, I, I stand corrected and take everything back. <laughs> Gareth got, um, got into that as well, didn't he, about saying 
no, who remembers the the top? If you said you're mm-hmm. going to put the top ten games yeah. of the last history in a row and and look back at them, who's going to remember the details? I mean, you look back at Wembley and it was a horrible game, <laughs> the first one. The yeah. you just remember well, both it of them were, at the end. Honest. It's and it's <laughs> it's like that. You you pay to go to see the game because you're a Cobblers fan and you you want to see us win at the end of the day. So and I think it's quite good that Gareth can jump in on things like that as well. Yeah, yeah, but, that's. Yeah, that's what he's there for, isn't he, really? Just to give a little bit of a... Well, first of all, to provide his own opinion. Um, but second of all, Gareth, Gareth usually... I don't, I, don't know, I don't know whether you guys feel like this, but he's a little bit of a super fan in a way because he'll just mm-hmm. have these stats or these... Um, What's his job? His, his historical figures just in his mind, yeah. won't he? It's great. I love it. He does strike me as a fan as well, though. A fan yeah, I think he is, well. yeah. Um, and that's the, some, something that a lot of people miss. They kind of call him the PR machine. I think I saw something on Twitter um, this week and stuff. He's just He does so much for the club that just won't be... That we don't know how much he does, but he... You know, there's all the different things that people talk about him when we've chatted to them and talking to Kelvin about him. He does so much for that for the club that we will never know. Um, long hours, all this kind of thing that uh, I don't see how we can slate him. And I think he is kind of living that fans thing of being a part of a club, which must be pretty hard at times. That that all said, there was some stuff that didn't really sit quite comfortably. I didn't think. Okay. So the question about, I think it had come in from a fair few people, but it it was a question about season tickets and what are the club planning on doing to sort of give back or or show their thanks to season ticket holders and stuff. Mm -hmm. Essentially, I took from it, it was a long answer. They gave a long detailed answer, et cetera. But actually, Mm -hmm. it did feel a little bit when sifting through that a little bit, it was like, we're not really sure at the moment. We're, We're sort of taking a wait and see attitude, which... But is that is that fair? Is that right? I'm not sure. I, I feel like there could be something. I mean, they, they did kind of say watch this space as well, but you know, we're we're past Christmas now. You know, January, mid January. Should we be looking at, at, at having something sort of planned and sorted by now? I don't know. It just felt a little bit like hmm. We're just kind of waiting I- and seeing, maybe hoping it goes away a little bit. Look, as a, as a, as a non-season ticket holder, and I know therefore I've got a different um, emotional attachment to this than than maybe you do, Neil, as a season ticket holder. And not just you, obviously. There's also your boys as well. So goodness knows how much money you spent to get those. But in a way, I, I look, I, so first of all, it was me that said to them that, you know, last season this is, so we're going back to sort of the summer at least, um, the Saints... Um, had said that their third kit would have the names inside or woven into the fact or however it was going to be, you know, done this, that and the other, um, to thank those people that had either renewed or bought season tickets for the season that was going ahead or just hadn't asked for refunds on the season tickets that they'd had um, already. But apart from that, I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head where things have been done by other clubs um you know any any more than that and the other thing that i would maybe say is that it's obviously quite a difficult thing for them to do because you you spent as a season ticket holder at least 200 pounds i think was the cheapest season ticket for an adult um this year in the north stand maybe and so that's at least 200 quid that you've spent is a token gesture of giving, putting your name in a shirt that you've still got to go and buy, for, you know, buy for forty or fifty quid at the end of the day when it's released. Is is that actually giving a thank you back? Is that actually doing something? Is it more than a token gesture? Is it worth, you know, what it's meant to be doing? I I I don't know, and I think at the moment the the club are very much just saying thank you, aren't they? And that's what they feel like they. All that they can actually do at the moment is say thank you. I know that you know they will always turn around and say um, that that the majority of fans have all just said, "Look, keep the money" or whatever. Um, I think James Whiting said about only five to eight percent of season tickets were refunded at the end of last season. Um, so that that does show that there is a majority of of well over ninety percent of fans who are happy for them 
at this moment of time just to say thank you maybe i appreciate not everybody is exactly the same but if the club are sort of looking at it and going once we know what's happening with so how much money exactly they're getting from the premier league bailout um when the fans are going to actually come back um whether the season this season's going to finish because we still don't know that for fact it's not set in stone that it will definitely happen then then maybe they're right to just hold off on actually look, announcing anything and saying this is what we can do maybe it will be something that we won't necessarily even get until you know everything is kind of back to normal it may well be that that we've got to wait and see for even longer now look at the end of the day, everybody has a decision to make when it comes to next season as to whether they then go and buy a season ticket. One of the things I think you asked, Neil, on the follow-up was to say, are you worried at all about next season season ticket sales? And again, they, they it wasn't that they weren't worried or that they weren't bothered by that question, but it didn't come across as though they were thinking, yes, we're really worried. No. Yeah, it's a little bit of a kind of is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, and I and I can't really blame them for for saying that, to be honest, because I just don't think there is much that they can do other than token gestures. Look, fine, if you've got an actual idea that that is worth something that I that I've clearly, you know, missed, then then by all means, send us a tweet at Cobbers to me and, and tell me that I'm, I'm completely wrong and the club could e- easily implement X, Y, or Z. Go for it. it the, the, there's, the, the problem you've got with it as well, right, is, yeah, I'm a season ticket holder. Look, mine's in the North Stand. It was 200 quid. It, it's not a vast amount of money. I know it is just to some people, but I wouldn't have bought it if, if it was going to cause me an issue, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I, I think the problem they've got and where it becomes really difficult is everyone is going to, every season ticket holder probably is going to have a slightly different opinion. So for me, yeah. I'm not particularly fussed. I, I knew that I was potentially going to lose out, out as such. It's, that, that's the risk I took. I'm, so I'm not too fussed about the club doing anything for me personally. Um, equally, you will have some people that, and maybe that's because mine was only 199 quid, so it's not too bad. Whereas if you paid 420 quid for the West End, you, you're then perhaps getting into a slightly different, kettle of fish aren't you and i don't know maybe there's something they can do look you know discounted offer for next year's season tickets or something um as an option but then that's that's the the knock-on effect of that is that means then the income from season tickets next season is is lower but then i guess you're trying to balance you know if we do that would we keep those season ticket holders that would potentially lose by not doing anything and it balances out, do you know what I mean? So there's so many different things to, to play at. And I guess they're thinking about all that. And it, yeah, I just thought, I just don't think the answer would have necessarily appeased those that asked it. I think to me, it's, it's there's so much unknown at the moment. Like, so for them to plan something for, for say, you know, this season runs out, so you get a free one next year. That's still unknown up until a certain point of the season. Whoa, um, I didn't say a free one. Whoa. Well, well, you know what I mean. But, <laughs> but Whoa, Danny. There's things like... Hang on a minute. But there's things like... Free season um, tickets for all. <laughs> there's things like, which, which league are we going to be in? We don't know yet. Yeah. You know, there, there's things like that that need to come into the planning and they don't know what's going to... If we were like sixth or seventh, seventh and we know it's, you know, fairly confident that we're going to be in League One next season, um they can plan a little bit differently to how it would be now with this unknown about which league we're going to be in. There's unknown about when's the season going to finish. There's unknown whether the season's actually going to finish. All these things are up in the air, which are, to me, their answer said, we're not sure because we don't want to make a massive commitment and then things change again. That That's what I got from it. And it must be really frustrating to season ticket holders um, because a lot of us are getting home games for what, a tenner, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty much would work out the same if not paying less than some season tick holders would over a whole season to get the iFollow stuff. So um but yeah, it, it's just so much unknown it's really difficult to kind of find the the right level, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Well look, before we move on, there were some questions that we just didn't simply have either time for. Um, or being Pele being one of them Neil yeah and Danny wanted that. Um but uh, yeah, if we're being honest, we we kind of felt that either they were they were kind of answered in other questions, i.e., you were going to get the same answer as as we had done for other things, or we didn't necessarily feel that I, I don't know it just didn't quite 
work. But we did afterwards send them to the club in an email and we have got some answers back. Um, so just to, just to start off with, I haven't got the names of the people that asked these questions, but I will quickly run through them. So there was a question that asked the club what their thoughts were regarding the regular testing coming in um you know for the coronavirus thing and it being mandatory and the club's response was to say the regular testing from the afl is welcome and decisions on when to test and how regularly to test follow medical consultation as the pandemic has evolved the infection rates reduced and increased again it's appropriate for protocols and testing requirements which are risk-based to follow this as a club we are taking every precaution we can we can to reduce the risk to the players and staff and we have so far managed to generally keep the first team well protected we did voluntarily test the first team squad last week and all came back clear of course the more viruses general the more the viruses in general circulation the harder and harder keeping people protected becomes and we welcome the new twice weekly testing plan from the EFL so there was that one somebody asked if there were any clauses in any of the playing squads contracts to say that they had to start games if they were fit the answer was no on that one um, yeah <laughs> which club would agree to that oh, i don't like in, in seriously Silly, like <laughs> there has been ridiculous. players in the past who you've thought you know there's something going on there because they're not good enough but they're yeah playing yeah there is <laughs> not there's one. probably is clause there's clauses in contracts isn't there like where they trigger I don't know another year they play X amount of games or whether they trigger, you know, a bonus payment, that sort of thing and stuff. But mm. to, to have a clause that if fit, <laughs> they have to play every game seems absolutely astonishing. Yeah, it does. Keith won't put up with that. He, he, <laughs> he, he's got one for Sam Hoskins, apparently. <laughs> um, another question was about investigating into the use of rail seating or safe standing something that has come up before and has been campaigned for before i believe um the answer to that was that the club have discussed the matter at various fan panel meetings have also met with some supporters previously we also conducted a survey of season ticket holders and the results showed that while there was certainly support for this there were also some supporters who were against the plans many of whom are supporters of many years and we need to be respectful of those views too obviously with covid other issues have taken priority but it is something we have talked about and we will revisit again in the future um another one um was a basically about the um what have we got here sorry um, stand, wasn't it it's about the beer tent. Oh, Sorry. the beer tent. Yeah, the beer tent that was in place before the Yeovil home game in 2019. Talking about whether that can, you know, be added on when we can all go back to going to the football regularly again, uh, as it could be a way of um, helping generate some extra income. Um, the answer is that the beer, beer festival was a big success, but the cost of hiring the marquee was a considerable investment. We made that work by hosting a number of events in the marquee over a two-week period, including a concert, the beer festival, the end-of-season dinner, uh, and it is about making sure the finances work, particularly in these difficult times. But it's something we will discuss again when we have fans back. On that I one, think Charles. Yeah, go on, Neil. Is that, I know there was a question that was asked, uh, I think it was from Shane, um, mm. about fan fan club sort of co-raising money. Um, crowdfunding. Crowdfunding, yeah. yeah, or as I call it, co-raising money. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know he asked a question about that. That yeah. could be something similar along those lines, could it not? If we if we had to hire a marquee each time we wanted to do it, as a as a fan base and as a club, could we not look to raise the money as a group and then buy our own marquee? Well, I was I was gonna say, surely buying a marquee, if you're going to be looking to doing it regularly, then it's a little bit like the argument of rent versus buying a house, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it probably works out cheaper in the long run for you to have your own one. I don't know how um, much a marquee costs, but I mean... No idea. It, like, they can't be dramatically expensive. You're not talking tens and tens of thousands, are you? I'm sure you can get a gazebo from the middle aisle of Lidl. <laughs> you can. You, do. <laughs> you can also get, get a barbecue, new shoes... <laughs> <laughs> oh wouldn't that be great uh yeah no i i i did um i did think the reaction to that question was quite good actually it was almost unexpected by the looks of, you know by the look on the face or, or the fact that the answer wasn't immediately forthcoming 
um, and there was a slight pause. Um, but I, I welcome the fact that it was welcomed by Kelvin. Um, I, I don't see that there's anything wrong. I, I did see on, on Twitter that Shane did say that he was going to raise it at the next um, trust meeting as maybe a proposal that they could make to the club. It'd be a good, that would be a good thing, wouldn't it, for that to, to kind of solidify or to continue building back the relationship between the club and the trust to work together on something like that. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. It would definitely be something that would be a positive step, I would say. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be happy with that. There was one final question. Um, somebody asked, can we go back to calling the North stand the Dave Bowen stand? And the club just basically said, as a club, we're very proud of our history and our heritage. And over the last couple of years, we have worked with the Bowen family to produce two visual reminders of Dave Bowen. The pictures on the side of the wall of the stand and also the bust which sits proudly outside the stadium. Keeping the club financially secure is also vital. And so we will always be open to the possibility of stand naming rights partnerships. But we will continue to remain proud of our history. And we'll continue to recognise that in many different ways. We are currently in some discussions about the next step for the North Stand. Mm-hmm. Right. Deep here corridor. Yeah, we will take a very <laughs> quick break and we'll be back talking about all the news that we learned about the, the players in a moment. Do you enjoy It's All Cobblers to Me? Do you want more Cobblers-related podcast content and to feel all warm and fuzzy inside? Well, now you can. Sign up to support the podcast on Patreon. From as little as £2 per month, you'll receive access to additional content such as bonus podcasts, merchandise, tractor rides with Chessy, meetups, player Q&As, and you'll be supporting us to keep bringing you a weekly podcast about the biggest and best football team in the world of Northampton. Go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me right now. Tractor rides are only available on a first come first serve basis. No farm animals were harmed in the making of this advert, although Neil did get a splinter. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Um, We're talking about the fans forum and giving our reaction to it. Um, There was a little bit of chat. I know we've already uh, touched on it. Danny asked questions to Keith Curl regarding the playing style. Keith wasn't very happy. Uh, (laughs) There were some other questions. (laughs) (laughs) There were some other questions that were uh, aimed mostly towards Keith. The first one being about Ricky Holmes. Now, actually, I will say that... um, we, our thunder was stolen a little bit here because we recorded that fans forum on Wednesday evening. And then on Thursday evening on Radio Northampton on the Cobblers show, Jake Sharp had Simon Tracy, uh, who is, I think, head of recruitment, I think is his official title. Um, he had him on the show. And when he was asked about Ricky Holmes, Simon Tracy basically gave a very blunt answer, which is that Ricky's been told that if he gets an offer from elsewhere, he should take it. Um, we, he is a number 10 and we don't play with a number 10, uh, I think were the words that we used. We got a rather more diplomatic answer from, uh, our panel, didn't we, Danny? We did. It seemed to me from what Kelvin and Keith, uh, and Gareth and James were talking about that it was more of, you know, Ricky can look elsewhere because that's his right to do for the next month. If there's anything here at the end of the month, then we might look at it again. That's what I gathered from our from our conversations with them. That um, it's not looking good, but because I, I mean, if I was in Ricky's shoes, I wouldn't be feeling the most welcome after that. You know, if it's the end of the month and we still got space for you, we we'll, might think about it. It's not the most <laughs> enticing contract offer, is it? When you probably got someone in in League Two, I think South End are looking at him, aren't they, or offering him something? Um, that is interesting. That's his boyer club. That's though, his boyer club. It? Yeah, mm. yeah, um, which might suit him a bit more. <clears throat> I did question why to Simon Tracy's comments hmm. kind of begs the question a little bit of why sign him in the first place. Yeah, did he, actually, I, I, did he actually say things about the playing style or was it more that we don't play with the number 10? Just, he said, we don't play with the number 10. Ricky is a number 10, I think. Well, it does, like, I, I get it. 
but we don't. And I, I kind of agree that mm-hmm. I've said this a few times. I think I don't really see where he fits in. Yeah, and he's not the same Ricky Holmes as he once was. Is he? Is he still robust enough? And is he still fit enough bust. to to bust to take a <laughs> to take a spot up in the in a twenty two man squad? It's a risk, isn't it? It's a, probably a risk we can't quite afford. We probably need someone that we know is going to be available and to be able to to do ninety minutes. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, because there's a hell of a lot of Tuesday games coming up. So I, I totally understand the reasoning behind it, but it does just sort of beg the question a little bit, why did we even bother in the first place? Well, we it's had a hard space, one. We had space, I guess, didn't we, at that point? Yeah, I, I think that's what it all comes down to, is simply there was space to put him in, and therefore he was put in. I think at the time it made complete sense. Just like it was a no-lose situation, because the club needed a bit of good PR as well at that point, Absolutely. didn't we? So, um I think where it is now, it's a it's a case of do we keep Ricky and throw a bit more money at him and give him a bit more stability, or do we put that towards something that's going to suit our style? And as much flack as we'll probably take for saying things like that, isn't it better probably to have someone else if we're going to invest in like the equivalent of Callum Morton coming in to play and getting in behind and having that as kind of effect on the squad rather than having Ricky Holmes who feels a little bit lost. Um, and it's a tough decision, but if it feels like that would be the better way forward to to find a really good player who suits our style rather than having someone sort of a little bit of a luxury. And if it was a 23-man squad, probably would be in there. But as it is, you'd want Ricky to go and do his best for someone else and just not in League One, please. <laughs> You've already got people apoplectic about it. Apoplectic. Apoplectic. Slip that one in. Slip it in. Slip it in the bust. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you've already. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, kids. (laughs) You've already got. I had a brief look at for my own sins. I had a brief look at the hotel end earlier. I generally try to have a look before we record the pod just to try and get a gauge of what people are talking about and what's going on. Um, Mm. And yeah, there's some what I would class as overreactions about the Ricky Holmes situation on there. Equally, you've got. Like it's funny you mentioned Callum Morton, Danny, because you've got people saying because I think Simon Tracy went on to say, didn't he, that we're looking for sort of attack-minded players that are fast, young, and energetic, and that sort of thing. Oh, Callum Morton. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> Louis um, Barry, get him in. And, 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 well, I think, and, and there was an inference, isn't there? There's been an inference from I can't remember if it was Keith Curl or Simon Tracy um, about potential loanees coming in, probably more than permanent signings, and potentially younger loanees coming in. And mm. the the obvious reaction on a, a cobbler's message board, such as the hotel end, was ridiculous. Why would we do that? And someone just literally replied with Callum Morton. <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, it you're going to get, especially with a, a you know someone that's perceived like Ricky Holmes is perceived because of what he did last time. You're going to unfortunately get a lot of negative reaction if he's not kept on. And yeah, like, ridiculously as well. I saw on the hotel end, someone suggested we should play him at wing back, <laughs> even though he said that he doesn't play wing back. Even though he said he cannot play wing back, someone suggested because yeah. I I I replied to a comment saying, "Well, where, where would you play him?" Um, mm. and, and all of most of the responses were along the lines of, "In the number ten role, in a free role, etc." Well, we don't mm-hmm. we don't play that, so can't. Um, and someone in reply was saying, "Or even play him at wing back instead of Hoskins." I was like, he hasn't, imagine Ricky Holmes, bless him, for ninety minutes <laughs> up and down the wing against a, a, a tricky, a tricky winger. Oh, be hilarious! <laughs> He'd retire there and then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, look, um, from you mentioned one young player. Let's talk about the other, Ooh, Caleb Chucklemaker. Um, the thing that was interesting for me that got revealed was the fact that his scholarship contract runs until twenty twenty two. Now, originally. We believed that that ran until around about this sort of time, didn't we? I think it was mentioned that he'd had a scholarship contract that was uh, going to run partway through the season. Um, so obviously that has been tied down. But it, it sounds as though James Whiting said that several offers have been made to him and his representatives, and, and that is a direct quote, to give him a pro deal. Almost sounds to me like... That he wants more than what the club have, so far at least, been willing to offer him. Yeah, I mean, if you've got if you've got an agent, which I assume he's got an agent, right? And you've mm-hmm. you've got the agent or the media, whoever it may be, throwing around Club Bruges, Bruges. Norwich, <laughs> Bournemouth. I think I read and Aston Villa. Aston Villa, yeah, where, I think where his brother is, isn't it? And you you've got us, <laughs> bless <laughs> us, come on. <laughs> 
sign on. We'll pay you 900 quid a week or whatever it may be. Um, I'd, probably, yeah. probably close to 200. I th- I 200, yeah, maybe. Yeah, sorry, 900 maybe. is probably quite a lot of money. To Being be a bit kind, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a difficult situation, isn't it? You can't force someone to sign a contract. You can't force someone to stay at the club if, they, if they're, you know, their mindset or their minds elsewhere and stuff. So what more can they do, really? They've made a few offers to him. Are they going to go out and, you know, roll out the red carpet and break the bank to keep him? Probably not. And I'd say it's probably not the right thing to do anyway, because yeah. who knows? Like with this sort of thing, it's difficult. He could absolutely bomb. He could go somewhere else, disappear into the ether and end up playing for Boreham Wood in two years. Or he, he, he could even move somewhere else, have a career-ended injury, or he could take off and end up playing in the championship. You just don't know, do you? It's that risk. No. Can I just can I just point out nine hundred pound a week is forty six thousand eight hundred pound a year. It's not a massive amount, is it? Well, <laughs> but for a League One footballer that is a first pro contract. Oh yeah, it'd be good for him. Yeah, you know, there you go. I've done yeah. it. I've solved it. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> we have a crowdfunder. Yeah. <laughs> the crowdfunder. We could have too many crowdfunders here. <laughs> yeah, we could too, couldn't we? Um, we saw one player leave. Danny, yeah. Chris Lines, he's gone to Stevenage. Oh, I thought Danny had left for a minute. <laughs> no such luck, Neil. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, thoughts, thoughts on saying goodbye to Chris, Danny? Uh, I like Chris Lines. He's, he never moaned, did he? Or never kind of put up a fuss when he was out of the team. And he's been in this team for a couple of years now. And he's, ne- he's been in and out. He never really made a massive fuss when he was out of it. And he's always coming in to do a really good job. Um, it's probably... Legs have got the better room for League One, but he'll do pretty well for Stevenage, I'd have thought. Is if his if they're playing to his strengths, which is passing and you know, picking out players and coming in late and delivering a thunder thwack on the edge of the area every now and then, I think he'll do a decent Ooh. job like he did for us, um, at that level. He'll you know, he, he can still make things happen. I think Stevenage at their level have got a decent a decent player, but probably pretty glad to have the extra space in the squad because he won't be in use, was he? No, I I think that's it. I mean, there was a bit where I was wondering why he he wasn't used, and I I, I think I I there was a rumor maybe that he'd been injured, but we'd not really known about it, or whether there was um, maybe uh, something else that was outside of football that had just made life not be very good for him. Um, all of that is just rumor, by the way. I don't know that any of that for for fact, but. For me, it's a shame because, I mean, he's a ball player, and I know we, you know, look. the The argument is is that we don't play the way that Chris Lyons fits into the squad. But then again, it was a Keith Curl signing, so I am disappointed to see him go. I do think it's a shame that we didn't get to see more of him. I'd have liked to have seen more of him. Would Would you have done, Neil? Uh, no, I'm probably one in a, in a more of a minority actually that. Okay. I'm not particularly fussed. Um, again, I struggled to see where he fitted in. I wasn't entirely sure what his position was. And I guess maybe he would, if a team played with a sort of, to to coin an American term, of a quarterback, I guess, someone that just sort of sits there and, and lays the ball around, then, then he, I could see him probably doing that. But I did, I did struggle. I think in his younger days, he was more box to box, wasn't he? And, and more energetic and could influence the game more. But I think whenever we saw him, he was very in and out of the game a lot of the time. And yeah, look, technically he was a good player and he could pass the ball. And he, like you said, there was a couple of decent finishes, but I, I did struggle to see where, are you going to put him in ahead of Sean McWilliams? No. Um, are you going to put him in even ahead of Ryan Watson? Potentially not, because Ryan Watson actually offers a bit more bite, although he's not as, as perhaps good on the ball, but he, he mm. offers more bite. And then the other one, potentially Sowerby, much of a muchness, I think. And Sowerby's a more recent sign-in, so it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I was just looking through our, our squad and at the ages of the players that we've got. I'm actually quite surprised. We we have got quite a few players that are over 30. Now, I'm not saying that you're old once you get to my age, but when you've got the likes of... So, Nicky Adams is 34. Um, Steve Arnold is a goalkeeper, 31. I mean, okay, that's that's goalkeeper for some reason. It's more acceptable or you get into your prime a little bit later than, than 
middle of the park sort of roles, don't you? For some reason, um, Mark Marshall's thirty three, Martin's thirty two, Josh Mills surprisingly, Danny thirty one. I didn't 31? know. That. I thought he was younger than that. Look, a day over twenty. Yeah. Um, and Alan Sheehan's thirty four. Who's Josh Mills? Anyway, Josh. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> oh, whatever. Jay Mills. Uh, Jay Mills with a Z. What is his first name? Joseph. Joseph. Joseph Sorry. Yeah. Joseph. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I think with the fact that it it's under 21, isn't it? So anybody under the age of 21 doesn't count towards this list. Uh, I mean, that's where you get to like Williams, who is 22. He's only just um, counting towards that that squad registration of 22 places or 20 as it will be next season. Same for Benny Ashley Seal. He's 22 as well. So I'm not surprised that Chris Lyons is gone because he is 34, I think. Um, so that'll be another reason why mm. he's gone. Um, Makes sense, doesn't it? Because if, if you're then replacing with someone under 21, you've still got that space in the squad as well. Yeah, absolutely. Two for one. You know I like a good two for one. <laughs> you Who doesn't, do. Danny? <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, that's the end of part two. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. I'm Tom Cliff, Cobblers fan and proud owner of Track NN and Cafe Track. Track NN is a social enterprise set up in 2018 to support autistic people to access employment through training, support services and creating opportunities. Research showed that just 16% of autistic adults were in full-time employment and this is something which we are going to change. We opened our cafe on the Market Square in Northampton in January 2019 as a place where individuals could work and develop their employability skills and also be a place where people were free to be themselves. Since opening the cafe in January 2019, we have supported 36 people into paid employment and created over 75 work experience placements and visits for individuals. Since the coronavirus outbreak, we've not been able to open Cafe Track to its full capacity and we've instead taken our offering online. You can help support us by buying coffee virtually at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Your money goes to helping us to continue to create opportunities for autistic adults to gain employment. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Thanks very much for listening. Um, we're still here talking about the fans forum and giving our reaction to it. Um, we've already talked about a bit about the players and a little bit about our uh, instant reactions to, you know, thanks to the football club for doing it. Um, this part, I want to concentrate a little bit on the finances because it is something that is quite important. Um Obviously, with COVID and, and no fans being allowed in the stadium, the only money that the club have basically had from fans has been um, season ticket sales, which was probably coming up to, well, probably around about 12 to 14 months ago now uh, that that happened, or t- sorry, 10 to 12 months ago, probably when that money was actually coming in. Um, Kelvin Thomas and, and James Whiting said on the fans forum that they they believe that their estimate is that the club will be losing circa three million pounds this season through lost revenue. Um, they broke that down a little bit by saying their ticket income loss was going to be about 1.75 million with a further 1.3 million pounds being lost from other revenue sources. So club shop sales on a match day, the restaurant, all of these different different things that, sponsorship that they do. Like that, money. Yeah, sponsorship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the the Premier League bailout um, will only be providing an estimated five hundred thousand um, pounds, which obviously I, I think was quoted as a being about thirty percent of um, the ticket income loss. So we're clearly not going to be making back the money that you know we would normally see that would normally essentially keep the keep the bank balance not looking dreadful um not that it looks particularly good anyway um in a way it it feels quite bleak or at least it does to me how how do you guys 
see it. Are, are you a bit worried or not? Um, I don't really know. I, I try not to take too much notice of the finances stuff because it it confuses me a lot of the time. Um, which is weird working in the finance industry. For me, but, um, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> well, insurance. So um, I, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? The figures you see and the losses. I mean, I think it's obvious, isn't it? A little bit. I do struggle a little bit to see why some people are so surprised that football clubs are losing so much money at the moment because mm. like i mean that for us that ticket income lost 1.75 mil that's a lot of money right and mm-hmm. if you look at a bigger club than such as us that you would usually get you know over ten thousand or whatever then they're going to be losing an even bigger chunk aren't they so it it's no huge surprise um how much money we've lost or will lose and stuff like you said the i don't think the the bank was looking too healthy anyway so this is obviously going to exacerbate the problem i would imagine there's going to be even when fans are back in and stuff there's going to be a recovery period isn't there for for football clubs and there's going to be a period of a year or two where things have to stay tightened and to, to get back on a bit of an even keel i don't really see any other way around that no they, did, they did say as well that there were you've got to put into it that they're they're still looking to strengthen January that they still have like feel like they need to go out and strengthen the playing squad which hasn't come into the equation yet but for them to come and say that is quite reassuring I think because if it was completely bleak you wouldn't have thought they'd be talking about things like that and, and the noises coming from them would be more like we've just got to make do with what we've got um I think the the way we go about transfers is probably going to be a bit different in terms of you get rid of someone like Chris Lyons. Like I say, you bring in an under, under 21, someone who's a little bit unproven, take a risk on it maybe, but it's, it, it feels to me like it's in control, but it's not, it's not on the good like trajectory at the moment until fans actually start to get back into the ground. It's manageable, isn't it? I think it it's, feels it's, like it at the moment, but yeah. And I am surprised that other clubs, I, I, if you look at it like a year ago, when the pandemic started, I thought by this point there's going to be two or three clubs going out of the league because it just didn't. Because there was, you know, there's clubs that were struggling anyway. So, and actually, that's a good point because that that came up in the conversation, didn't it? Um, yeah. And there was a very clear point made that no, it's nowhere near that serious for us anyway as a football club. So that's that's a positive thing as well, right? Yeah, and probably the Charlie Good money helped that a little bit. Yeah, of course, and the FA Cup running stuff probably giving us a bit of a a back. I mean, like, how on earth? Clubs like Aquington are still going. I don't know. Don't start. That. <laughs> They're very well run. <laughs> they do everything right up at Aquington. Andy Holt's god. I, look, I, I just, I, I just think that there are there are questions. Of course, you can't just take everything that's said in isolation. Um, however, I don't see personally what the club would have to gain by. Uh, massaging the facts. <laughs> massaging the facts. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I just kind of think: look, three million quid is an awful lot of money to be down. Yes, we made money last season with the cup run and with the sale of Charlie Good. Um, but I mean, that doesn't make up for that money. Neither does the the Premier League bailout. There's still a long way to go before there's there's parity in regards to um, you know football finance, TV deals, and all this, that, and the other. I mean, look, I don't have the answers for that. I, I still sort of look at it and go, you know, if you were going to be, if you're a Premier League club and you're Sky or BT and you're paying for the Premier League rights, why should any of that money go to a club that isn't in that competition? You, look, just very basically looking at that, if you look at it from a business point of view, why why would it? You know, why should anyone like us expect any of that money? It, it doesn't make sense to me. But I am aware that this is football, and football is not just like any other business. Um, but even so, it, it's still... I struggle, like you say, Neil, I struggle to keep... Uh, my head round it and I just always go back to the point of I don't have a reason to disbelieve what I'm being told by the people that see the numbers every, you know every time and and can go in and, and see where the losses are and can see where you know they can basically go in and they will look at a profit and loss sheet 
what gain do they have to to make by telling us a lie? Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't. I don't think anyone's questioning that 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 element is a lie. Are they? I don't know. I... No, I don't think so. I don't think they are. I'm just. I'm just. You know, a lot is always said. Like so, for example. Um, people will turn around and say, well, don't believe everything that you're told. You know, there will be a reason. And and like, so for instance, you mentioned the hotel end earlier, discussions on the hotel end over the weekend about the fact that the, the, the income or the money that was, that was came or not the money that came in, but the things that, that helped. So the fact that non-playing staff were on furlough, so 80% of their wages were being covered by the government and not by the football club, you know, there's suggestions being made that we're not being told the full picture and that they're only telling you the losses and that, you know, there are some on, on the message board who are basically insinuating that what we've been told, this 3 million figure, isn't necessarily correct. I mean, yeah, I think you, you take that with a pinch of salt. You're always going to get some absolute. some absolute Herberts on a message board that <laughs> I think they know, know better than actually people that physically look at the figures, aren't you? And I, I looked on there. Like I said, I looked on there earlier. They were talking about Elon Musk and Tesla and Bitcoin. So it, like, unbelievable stuff. So I, God knows what they're on about. I think a lot of the time people like to think they know stuff, don't they? And people like to think that they're smart, uh, smarter than the people that actually physically look at the figures. And it's very easy if you're in your bedroom at your mum's. <laughs> Absolutely. While well, we're on finances quickly, Charles, mm. uh, EFL trophy winnings, pizza cup, oh. 100 grand for the winner. Really? Ooh. 50 grand for runner up, 50 for semis, 50 for quarters. Build that up. We're not. We're get, wait, you, where, did, I, did I did I see you say, Danny, that if we win on Tuesday against MK Dons, we're into the the semi final, is it? Into the area semi final, yeah. So we'll be like two games for Wembley. Yeah, the area semi. That's when it gets exciting, isn't it? You start well, to think, don't you? Well, there's hundred grand in it. Then MK are no big cheese, are they? So get them out of the way. Well, they'll be tired after their escapades up in Burnley, won't they? Yeah, yeah. Portsmouth and uh, Borough play each other. Oh, good. That's one of them out. Come on, we're on the road. We're on the road. And when I said that thing last week about me going to Wembley and having a pizza on Wembley Way, didn't realise yeah. how close we were to that actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> you can't backtrack now, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> um, one of the other questions that, that we asked or, or were given to ask, um, Kelvin and, and James, were, was about... Um, the so uh, no, not so called, but the the fact that they said originally that there was money ring fenced when they first came in to finish yeah. the East Stand. Um, ring fence it. Ring yeah, fence it. Which one of us did you give that to ask, Charles? I can't remember. I, I can't remember. It was, might it was somebody else I wanted to yeah, throw under the bus. It might have been Chesy. Uh, <laughs> um, but the answer that that was given, obviously, again, it won't be an answer that satisfies every single person that that has that question um but essentially the answer to the question is is that times move on and things happen and therefore either money gets spent in other places because it has to be or things within you know well the world happen um that cause other things to not be as viable anymore i think was essentially the answer wasn't it danny yeah and i don't i don't i'm not one of these people who thinks that they should be thrown under the bus for saying that. Um, think it is an ever moving thing, and you've got to survive as a football club, like we've seen the last year or so. So it's, I mean, honestly, we've we've had what two or three of these chats with Kelvin. Um, there's nothing in any of them that have made me think bad of him or made me think that he's doing anything that's dodgy. Like we've we've had dodgy onions in the past, which plays a lot into people's thoughts on that. But there's there's nothing in him where I've thought. I don't trust you. Like, I completely trust him with what's going on at the moment. So, and that's that's as good a starting point as you can have with any owner. I think. I agree totally. I, I think. Yeah. I think that's absolutely bang on the money, Danny. Um, I think you've nailed it. I think there's no reason to not trust him. He he's relatively open and honest as much as he can be, and, and is willing to be, which is you know that's fair enough. And I think they he actually acknowledged this himself. I think didn't he? He said that. He accepts the the thing that can be leveled at him, and that is that they don't have deep enough pockets. 
Mm-hmm. He, he accepts that. That's fair, and, and that's and that's just the truth, right? But that doesn't mean that he's a bad guy, and it doesn't mean that he's got he hasn't got the club's best interests at heart, as well as probably you know some some personal interests as well. But you know, that's his prerogative. He's the one, or him and him and not necessarily specifically him, but they're the ones that are, are paying to to keep the club running, right? Yeah, I think it is. It is one of those. It's it's a thing where. I think I think I think we'd all love if you look at fan ownership and and you know it's a huge conversation but essentially football football clubs need an awful lot of money to keep them going and you know as we've seen with um the likes of Wickham Portsmouth um you know it, it can only take you so far I mean, Exeter doing doing a grand job, but they're still in League Two. How many times have they flirted with promotion? I don't know where they are at the moment uh, in League Two for this season, but at the end of the day, they're, they're still not going any higher than they were before they were owned by their fans. So there is definitely a, a glass ceiling, so to speak, when it comes to that. And it all comes down to the fact that it costs so much, you know, to keep a football club running, but not just that, but to compete. You know, there is that. The, the most obvious thing to say is that with now with the salary cap in League Two, the salary cap limit is one point five million. You go up a division and you've got to spend a million pound more to hit it. I'm not saying that you do because we obviously aren't, and we've been told that we're not spending two and a half million pound. That isn't our budget, but the fact that there is a million pounds difference between the two salary caps, that's a lot of money. It's not just a case of just writing a blank check all the time because at the end of the day, you've got to have the money there to back it up somehow. And, and you know, as you quite rightly say, Neil, they are happy to admit that they don't have the ability to write blank checks. I, I'm personally happy that we're in a position where they, uh, Kelvin Thomas, David Bauer, the people with the money, are able to, you know, to to keep the club going at this moment in time. They've made no, um, you know, they've not tried to hide the fact that the club requires further investment. Look at the 5U Sport thing. That was intended to to be extra investment. They got their hands burned, didn't they, with that? That's one of those things. It's a a lesson in business, I suppose, you'd put it down to. Um, Maybe that's why we've not had any other further investment, is that, now they're being ultra careful, possibly, with anybody else that comes in. And I think Kelvin did say, didn't he, that, that there aren't always the right motives for people to invest in yeah. football clubs. And and that's one of the things that they may well have had interest. But what will that lead to? Could we then be in a position where we're like Oldham are, for instance, at the moment? Um, or where other clubs have been in the past, where... where you know, grounds have been sold and and not replaced, so to speak. So, look, I, I know people will call us biased or 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 say that that we're we're blind to it or whatever, but that's our opinion and blind that's what? my opinion. Blind to well, what? that's the thing, isn't it? This is the thing. Yeah. It's it, it's one of those things at the minute where it's so easy to to sit and throw accusations or oh, I've been told this by John. Baggins or whoever, whatever name people use. And Christopher Biggins. Christopher Biggins. Oh, John Baggins. Um, <laughs> it's just one of them things, isn't it? You see it. Oh, you see it like on the news, not on the news, on Twitter. You see it with all these people about COVID going and taking a picture of a hospital and saying, well, the, this hospital's empty, so COVID oh, must yeah. be fake. They're trying to control us. Um, I, I saw someone, someone I know for some reason, I, I know them from a previous job on still follow them on Instagram and they'd put up early. I can't wait to get this uh, COVID vaccination so I can have my tracker fitted. And it's things like that. I was like, it's just, and it's the same with anything in society at the moment. It's the same with cobblers that people think they know better. People think they know best. People like to cause mischief. People aren't always going to be happy. I understand that. And I've got absolutely zero issue with questioning what a decision uh, or, you know, criticizing where a decision is a bad decision um or if you disagree with something the club is doing what i've got a bit of an issue with is when it's just for the sake of it and it's just a constant negative terrain against 
whatever it may be. I mean, look at when the the, the podcast came out about the, the the forum the other day. There was numerous different messages flying around on Twitter instantly, just absolutely rinsing into it. And it's like, hold on, like there's nothing bad you can say about the process of putting a fans forum together for of the the top bods in the football club have took a couple of hours out of their evening to spend time with four absolute herberts that just love talking about cobblers. Um, <laughs> Chesney included in that. Yeah. Chesney included. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the questions were, you know, we, they were taken from all, all, all supporters. I know it was a season ticket holders forum, but actually in the end we ended up including some questions just from everyone. Um, those questions weren't vetted at all by us or by the football club none of those questions were refused to be answered by the football club. The club didn't ask for anything to be edited out. The club didn't give us a steer on what we could, could say, what we couldn't say, what we could ask, what we couldn't ask. In fact, they made a very, very fair and good point of stating, ask everything and anything we're open. This is an open forum. We want to, that's why we're doing it. So I, I just struggle. There's a lot of negativity about it. You can have some, you can question some of the answers and you can, like we've done, we've just gone through that process a little bit and some of the answers not so sure about to question and to 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 have that constant negative terrain against anything the club does in my opinion you instantly lose my respect and the respect of your argument because no matter what the club does no matter what they do when they do it whatever they do you're never going to give them any credit you're never going to say anything positive about them yet any other club oh you're going to send going to retweet that Oh, Accrington have done brilliant. Oh, oh, aren't they the best? Oh, they've done this. Oh, they've done that. The minute our club does anything that's slightly positive, doesn't even really get a mention. It's 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 ridiculous and it's embarrassing. I've lost my head. Sorry. I enjoyed it. There was nothing to add to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, that is it for this week's It's All Cobbler to Me. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for all of your support. It really does mean a lot. Um, I, I will say thank you personally for uh, the messages that, that I personally had. Not all of them. Some of them caused me to have a really bad Friday. I'm not going to lie, but there we go. That's um, what you have to put up with with being in the media, apparently. <laughs> We're the media? We're not media. the media. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> not um, TV, you talk. <laughs> Danny and I will be back on Friday with the preview show. We're facing Oxford on Saturday. That's a quick turnaround. We owe them one, don't we, Danny? So hopefully... Charles, pizza we'll, uh... cup first. Yeah, but we won't be here for that. Come oh, on. I'll be here. I'll be on Twitter doing a live video. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. Join Danny for his live video <laughs> on Tuesday night when MK Don's at the PTS Stadium in the Pizza Cup. Uh, onlyfans.com forward slash pizza cup. <laughs> good i'm glad you got that in there um please do go and check out our website it's cobblers to me.com there's loads of extra content on there we'll write a weekly blog that Danny isn't in charge of um, and uh yeah make sure you subscribe because that is the way that you will make sure that you'll never miss a show thanks for listening goodbye Way! there's the cup there's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. You're beautiful. Bust. <laughs> Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.